2: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kauser show. Um, you can hear the smile on my face. Um, the Reds did not ruin my weekend. It's a Saturday and they won 2-0 against Newcastle, two goals past, you know, the most defensive team. Um, happy days indeed and, uh, plenty to talk about and a very, very entertaining first 20 minutes. And, uh, joining me on this podcast, I have a stellar lineup for you guys. Um, making her return again. It's Lisa Marie. It's going well for you and I. We've got quite a chemistry now
3: absolutely absolutely and yeah um and i'm just gonna say like when i um was on the show monday after the everton match i did not take any notes again today so we'll see how this works for me but no happy to be here again
2: maybe that's another good thing as well maybe we just freestyle with this one but yeah lisa it's great to have you on and joining me on this podcast it is the guy has so much respect. Um, uh, you know, you see his threads all over Twitter. He is the host of the Money Talks podcast. You've heard him many a times on many Anfield Index podcasts and of course um, on Raw as well. But it's great because he's on the Nina Kaza show and I'm thrilled to have him. It is Mo Chatra. Welcome back, Mo.
4: Oh, thank you. You do the most amazing introduction, so I can not possibly thank you. But yeah, delighted to be on and uh, really happy to be on for the first time with Lise Marie as well. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to this.
2: You know, I'm really looking forward to it. And thank you for that compliment, Mo. And I know you're a big wrestling fan. Do you think I could make it as like somebody that introduces wrestlers into the ring? Because that's the inspiration.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, absolutely. You uh, would. Kill it um, on the microphone introducing WWE superstars for sure, 100%. Yeah.
2: I'm going to start throwing handbags at Eddie and Cor now saying, you know what, I could be somewhere else. No, just kidding. And um, <laughs> I forced more into that compliment. But guys, let's get straight into this. the Reds. I think it was really important to kind of build on the back of that win, um, Merseyside Derby. So how are you feeling after that? And of course, it is a huge week. We've got the Champions League football coming up as well. Mo, I'll come to you first.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've had some horrible results, Mm -hmm. atrocious performances. And, you know, we had, obviously, after uh, the game prior to the Everton game, you know, Jürgen under a bit of pressure, you know, he gave everyone a couple of days off, including himself, and just wanted everyone to just get away from football altogether, just focus on other things, and then, you know, reset and restart again. And I think we've seen, albeit we had some wobbles today, some signs that that may have made a difference, because, you know, we played really well at home at Anfield, I felt, against the Ev. And then again today, um, against the tightest defence uh, pretty much in in the Premier League, you know, we went to their ground and um, you know scored two. And I, in fact, I think you know, I mean, we'll obviously come on to it, but had there not been a sending off, I think we actually would have been would have played better. I, I think that um, them going a man down, if anything, made us take the foot off the pedal somewhat. But uh, yeah, I think at the you know a week ago, had we taken um, you know two clean sheets and six points out of these two games absolutely we would have so yeah onwards and upwards and uh i think we go into tuesday night with a bit of confidence now
2: absolutely and you know what i don't like to draw comparisons and things but you know the last time we beat newcastle and we had a big champions league game it, it worked in our favor uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So let's hope the Reds can, you know, bring some magic against Real Madrid. Lisa, I'm going to come to you. How do you feel after that? And um, I think it's really important to get like a bit of rhythm going with this um, with this team as well. And um, your response to what Mo had to say as well. And how do you feel after that result?
1: Are you that person who has everything, the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads? Well. as a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. So
3: I agree 100% with what Mo was saying. Um, yeah, I think it, it does feel like we're, we're starting to build a little bit of momentum when we badly, badly need it. Um, I still... And again, yeah, a week ago, I really wouldn't have expected six points from these two games. So, so it's it's a lovely feeling um, on for me a sunny Saturday afternoon, and and I just hope that it is you know the small steps in the right direction that that we're looking to you know to finish the season with. Um, I will admit that I started I was a bit nervous coming in to this game, um, just you know knowing. The season that Newcastle has had and, and the first couple of minutes weren't making me feel any better, but I'm sure we'll get into that. So,
2: Yes. Yeah, and you know what, as well, we've got a game in hand as well, right? And um, hopefully exactly. if you win that yeah. one as well, you know, we're, we're back in the mix and, you know, things look quite interesting for us and um, certainly in, in the battle for top four, because let's be honest, that's all we've got in terms of the league, but let's get into this. So, Mo, I'm going to come to you. Um, I don't think we were really surprised with the team lineup. Um, it was pretty much unchanged, but of course, Berger van Dijk coming in for Joel Matip. I think it made sense. It's what you expected as well. You kind of didn't want to see the likes of, you know, Jota and Firmino being rushed back in, in these kind of games, given the fact that, you know, the other two lads, you know, the new signings of the season have, you know, produced goals, um, uh, and did some wonderful stuff against Everton. So, satisfied with the team lineup
4: yeah yeah I, th- I think um you know as you said coming off of the back of the performance on monday um it was pretty much um, an expected lineup and uh, i think that um you know it, w- it was good to see a little bit of consistency as well because you know that is one of the things that really can ruin a season is constant chopping and changing mm. of personnel and uh, it really really prohibits the ability to build up that, um, you know, coherence in in terms of your play. So, you know, it was, it was good to see that. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, certainly one of our players who, and again, we'll come on to it later on, um, you know, was was a pivotal player early in, in the match, um, is available for the game on Tuesday. And, you know, possibly we might see, um, you know, the same team start, um, that game, if he's well enough,
2: hopefully, hopefully. And Lisa, I'm I'm going to come to you with the 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 same question there with with regards to the team lineup. Um, I think Moore's pretty spot on. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And we kind of need some kind of consistency with all the injuries we've had this season and all the changing in the formation and everything going horribly wrong. We just need to kind of reestablish ourselves because that was you know the familiarity of watching Liverpool football club Emma um, came back when I watched Everton if I'm being honest yeah 100%
3: um yeah it was the it was the team I pretty much expected to see um you know and, and I think Mo is absol- absolutely spot on that you know even if that isn't necessarily the preferred or everyone's you know idea of a preferred 11, I think there is something to be said for consistency and allowing, you know, these players to get some consistent rhythm with who they're playing with on the field. I mean, we're seeing it happen with the front three of Sala, Gakpo, and and Nunez, that you know, two games, you know, what... What can happen when you're on the pitch together consistently you you start communicating better and linking up better and you know so i think i think it was the right 11 to start you know of course it's wonderful to see van dyke in um in a starting position of course and and i think gomez was the right call to go alongside him so um yeah i i have no arguments with with the 11 that started today
2: Sorry, there was just some background noise. Hopefully I've um, muted that. Um, no, could not agree more. Um, Lisa, I'm going to stick with you because um, for listeners who don't know, we have like a WhatsApp group chat and uh, you were really, really concerned about missing <laughs> potentially the first 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> Luckily, you made it just in time for kickoff. I'm going to be honest with you. I missed the first five minutes I was praying Um Funny enough, I did not play for Liverpool, but that's another story. Um, uh, yeah, just let them get on with it. But what did you make of a Liverpool start? Because, um, something that I've kind of noticed with Liverpool, certainly not the Everton game, but, you know, even the games where we kind of drew to Chelsea and also that game against Wolves, we have like little patches of where we kind of peak. And it was really great, first of all, for Liverpool to peak, but also to start the game on, on a bit of a front, footnote being a bit aggressive you know um kind of not falling apart cuz i feel like the early um the early moments of a game pretty much um, uh, is the writing on the wall in terms of how that result and that performance is going to go and also Liverpool being clinical as well so i want to get your thoughts and um of course Darwin Nunes getting the first goal within 10 minutes so i want to get your thoughts on just the you know the the start
3: so yes i i literally walked in the door as and, and got the TV turned on. And, and, of course, I'm having to go, okay, where where is it being shown today? Okay. So had it all turned on as as the whistle blew for them to, to kick off. So I thought, huh, beautiful timing. This, this hopefully bodes well for everything. Um, you know, it all started very fast-paced, um, which – you know, I, I'm all for that, but but it felt a little nervy too. And you know, I'll probably say this multiple times during this podcast today. But God bless Allison Becker is is all I have to say because he had a couple of big saves there, and that yeah. was where I was nervy. I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, I'm. Um, you know, I it was it was a bit of a nail biter, if you will, <laughs> right there at the beginning. But but yes, but once darwin scored that goal and you know and i was so pleased for him as as anybody would be but um you know i'm hoping that kicks just that kick starts him to to where we're seeing him score again and again and again yeah but you know that felt as though okay that tipped the balance in our favor a little bit and then of course it just kept going um you know for for the short term there i mean it was kind of funny that you know, at one point you're like, oh my gosh, it's only been 20 minutes, but wow, what a 20 minutes it's been. So,
2: Agreed. And more, I'm going to come to you because I want to get your thoughts on, you know, Liverpool's a quick kind of start and Nunes as well within 10 minutes. I mean, Trent was just absolutely magnificent. I love the fact that it was like a great worked goal once again. And um, can we just give a special shout out to Merti um, uh, Nunes' touch and finish? Because I feel like that was probably the first sight he had on goal. And normally he, he might scuff a few before he gets warmed up. But he was clinical from the get-go. And it was so, so crucial if those 20 minutes were like our peak peak moments in the game.
4: Yeah, I mean... It- you know, just, what, two, three minutes prior to that, um, you know, as retouched touched on, you know, that big save from amorron and, uh, you know, once again, yet again, we could have been behind in the first few minutes. Um, but, you know, we kept it level with that great save, and then, um, sure enough, Trent with, um, you know, an absolute masterful um, assist, um, a sublime cross, and... Um, you know the way in which, um, you know, uh, Nunes took it down and then on the half volley um, struck it with absolute ferocity. It was just, you know, the the, the kind of uh, kind of strike of a a player that's you know world class, who's you know on the, on course for thirty plus goals in a season, and obviously he's not at that. Point this for this season um but you know struck it so so well um and it was great to see you know those two link up because I want to see a lot more of that going forwards you know Trent has obviously had his struggles this season um and obviously Nuñez Nuñez has been a bit in and out um uh, you know with injuries and Suspensions and whatnot. Um, so he hasn't really had that consistent run of games. But I think this is a pairing who, you know, once they start to click, could be really, really great in the way that, um, you know, we sometimes used to see with um, the Mane and uh, Trent link up as well, um, where, you know, um, Manet um, coming in from left and then Trent whipping those crosses in, um, you know, would often result in goals. Um, so we, we'd, you know, be delighted to see. Um, output from that pairing um, to the same kind of levels that we saw between Trent and Sadio for a number of seasons. But yeah, sublime finish, and uh, you know it was obviously um, close because at first there was that one or two, uh, that one or two camera angles that almost looked like he might have handled it, but then obviously other camera angles confirmed he, he didn't. His hand was nowhere near, and so you know we were able to breathe a sigh of relief and uh, you know celebrate the fact that. For once, we actually uh, score the first goal.
2: Yeah, Martin Tyler was really hoping that it was a handball and it was offside because it was literally fine. Like they were literally like fine tooth combing everything with that goal. And um, for me, it kind of sucked a little bit of the joy out of it as well because you know even the players looked apprehensive to kind of you know celebrate. You know, I thought Nunes looked a bit sheepish as well. so I was like, shit, I think he has handled it there. But luckily, it did hit his chest not his arm. So it was all grand. Um, I've got some comments here. Um, um, uh, Steve's sort of commenting in Discord there and he's um, going on about the Nunes goal and he's asking, um, was that the pass of the season? I kind of liked what Trent did against Aston Villa. I'm sure he put in a majestic cross in that game as well.
4: Yeah, I mean, there was that one and then, oh God, I can't remember who it was against, but there was... um, an unbelievable assist from Kevin De Bruyne um, for one of Haaland's goals this season as well. Um, that was um, earlier in the season. But yeah, I mean, th- this one was absolutely top draw, you know, outside of the foot. And, um, you know, just uh, the kind of things that very, very few players can deliver. And, and Trent is is one of those players that when he's on song can do stuff like that, magical stuff.
2: He's the LFC pass of the season <laughs> <laughs> he really wants to give him, yes, Steve, we'll agree with you, he gets it what do you what do you make to that um Lisa.
3: I would agree, and you know it was very much nice to see Trent comfortably Trent again today um you know it just it it you know it it hasn't been his best season of course and and he you know he played so well today and and he had a number of really really well placed well put well timed um passes, but yeah that that would definitely be, that one is definitely a contender for the LFC pass of the season.
2: Steve, you got your wish. You got your wish. And Mo, I'm going to come over to you because, you know, Liverpool 1-0 up, things are looking good. I thought Liverpool playing really well in this moment as well. And then on the 16th minute, I mean, that pass from Mo and, you know, seeing Gakpo get 2-2 two two now, you know, um, people kind of giving him all kinds of criticism that bad signing he might be a massive flop and I mean can we just give a shout out to your namesake there as well um you know the assist king he can do everything right I mean it was just wonderful one thing I really liked about these goals was the fact that this is a relatively new strike force in in a sense you know two brand new strikers there with and it's it's not been the easiest I think goals were kind of drying up to some degree and uh, seeing them to have Seeing those players have some kind of cohesion and some kind of chemistry now, it kind of looks quite exciting what what they can kind of deliver. But I want to get your thoughts on the goal.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that the uh, the pass—he
2: um, just took out their defence.
4: Yeah, 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 absolute defence-splitting pass, and uh, it's a sort of um, one that he sometimes used to. Uh, Again, you know, mentioning um, Sadio, um, you know, used to set him up and uh, Sadio used to put some of those ones away. And again, yeah, it, it was one of those types of passes which he's very hard to defend against. And, you know, this is such a, a strong defense as well. Let's not forget, you know, they have been exceptionally good this season. You know, Sven Botman has been one of the players of the season. And yet, um, you know, it was very difficult to defend against something like that. And, you know, Gatpo coming off of a very encouraging performance against Everton, uh, again, I thought had a, a really, you know, a solid uh, outing again today. And I thought the way in which he took the finish was really good as well. Um, and it, perhaps not um, what you might have expected in his first couple of games when he, he looked a little bit, you know, hesitant and... I'm sure of himself almost um and I mean I mean there's still a, a debate about whether maybe it might be better to have a bit of a swap between he and Nuñez and perhaps um you know Gattpo's normally more suited to and more used to playing from the left moving there and perhaps Nuñez moving more central um but either way I mean I, I mean that that works still nonetheless today and um you know to go 2-0 up um you know we're only 17 on the clock Um, You know, pretty much nobody would have expected that. I think everyone would have thought, you know, it's going to be very hard to score goals against a very, very well drilled uh, Newcastle team. So to be 2-0 up um, was just um, the stuff of dreams.
2: It really was. And Lisa, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts on Cody Cap- Gakpo's goal and, you know, Mo um, with the assist there and, you know, how just basically your overall feelings in terms of, like, you know, most touched on it there. You know, this is a very defensive side. You know, um, I think we were the last team to kind of put two past them um, in the league and stuff. So... To be two up in such quick um, in such quick time as well, in quick succession, and us to be so absolutely clinical as well. You know the chances we got, we kind of converted them. Um, for me, it was just an absolute joy to watch and just seeing how well worked those goals were as well, that they weren't scruffy. But your thoughts?
3: Yeah. Um- <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to organize my thoughts here. Um, so yes, it was so nice to see Cody Gakpo get get a goal today again today after after you know his his goal on Monday against Everton. It was you know we we were saying that after after the Everton match that you know this this is turning a corner. We really felt that it was turning a corner for him and and I've said it on more than one occasion. I'm just going to say it again because I've ver- you know I've I've been frustrated by the criticism that that. Cody Gakpo has received, because I don't feel it's been fair. You know, we talked about – I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. That, you know, look at the mess he walked into in January. How, you know, how can we expect him to come in flying when, you know, the rest of the team was was very much not? So I just have felt that it's very unfair, and I think what we've seen in these last two games is, is showing us that, you know, he just – not just he needed to get acclimated and settled, but, you know, the team needed to get to where he could, you know, play with, you know, successfully within them. So I I like seeing it and, you know, and I think we get touched on this again the other day that, you know, this, this just gives us options. You know, now that we're getting Shada back in and, and everything else, you know, Gakpo is just – he's just going to be another – Another tool in the toolbox for us to be able to use moving forward, and I think that's I think that's great. So, you know, it was it was another just great goal. Um, and you know, as, as nervy as I felt in those first couple minutes of the game, by by the time that second goal went went in, I was like, oh, this could be fun. This could end up being you know, this is a game I'd been sort of nervous and dreading, but wow, this. This could be a fun game to watch. So, um, and it was for a little bit longer. And so, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. And um, I absolutely loved them. Um, Gakpo's movement for that goal as well. And I actually remember the the Chelsea game where we drew, and um, Gakpo had a few chances. And I remember he kept sort of like leaning back when he was taking the shot. And I was speaking to Botadiba and, Sh- and Shri, who are way more technical. Um, uh, you know, no, no more about the game than I, I ever will. And they were just kind of saying like, look, it's just a confidence thing. And, you know, he's, he's really eager to get his first goal. And once those shackles are off, he'll, he'll just improve as a player. And like, you know, the weight will be lifted off and, you know, he can go about his business. But, um, yeah, absolute great, um, you know, great anticipation from, from the Dutchman there. Um, uh, long may it continue and, uh, you know, he adds another threat to our attack. Lisa, I'm going to stick with you because normally, like, When things go horrendous, and I keep going back to that Brighton game where it was just so embarrassing how how bad we were and and things and you know how poor we have been in some of these games, but there was so much drama, and it was so nice that it was the other team that was on the on the receiving end of the drama, you know, two nil down, and then their goalkeeper gets sent off. I mean, I mean, it was just like wow. I mean, again, Alice and Becker, give him a shout out, right, for you know having the vision to see more Salah through there and passing the ball. And of course, um, Nick Pope, who I think is a very, very good goalkeeper, but, you know, to have an absolute mare outside his box and, you know, it kind of, he tried heading it and then his instincts kind of kicked in where he felt like he he needed to grab the ball, which I completely get because he's a goalkeeper, but straight red. He knew, um, uh, you know, he knew what he was doing, zero complaints. But in 20 minutes, so much drama and, you know, we were, we were on, we were like laughing at it, which was quite nice.
3: It, it was, it was, it was pleasant to see things dropping our way there f- for once. And, you know, it was interesting at halftime listening to them talk about Nick Pope's mistake, which I, you know, I like him as a goalkeeper too. And it seemed like when he was with Burnley, he always had his like games of the season up against us. It was, it was just incredible. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, you know, again, you know, Allison knows how to pick, you know, pick those lawn balls out. I mean, we've, we've seen Mo score the goals off of that, and it's, you know, it's great. And someone, um, and I don't remember who it was, but but at halftime, yeah, they were like, oh, you know, did he not think that if he gets, if he, you know, he picks up the red, that that meant he was missing the cupcake. I'm like, yeah, all of that's going through his head and those, you know two and a half seconds is, is, is like,
2: yeah.
3: he absolutely did he not think that it would be better for Mo to score? And I'm like, come on, you know, he's not having time to analyze it. I mean, I'm sure. Yes. In retrospect, but, but again, you're right. His goals, his, his instincts as a goalkeeper just, just kicked in to, to pick up the ball. And, you know, and I, I, I feel a little bit badly for him, but, but not horribly. Um, so yeah, it was. I, I mean, I was just. It was just. It was. It was amazing, and I had totally forgotten that that was a red card. You know, when when the goalkeeper handles the ball outside the box like that, I because I guess I just haven't seen it happen for so long that I had absolutely forgotten that was a red card. And so I'm like, what? My husband had come home at this point in time was watching with me. He goes, Yeah, that's a straight red. I was like, Oh yeah, ooh, that's that's good for us. So yeah, there was there was a lot of emotion, and you know, in in, in what in at a 10-15 minute time period for two goals to be scored and, and Newcastle will be down to 10 men, so it was crazy.
2: It really was, it really was. Um, Mo, I'm going to come to you because, I mean, what did you make of that whole sending off and, you know, just the, the first 20 minutes of sheer entertainment?
4: Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely stupid. I mean, uh, Mo, more- Uh, was trying to do I mean he's another Newcastle player that has had an outstanding season and uh, Mm -hmm. you know for him to do that in the game in advance of the Carabao Cup final um, and he knows by touching it he'll get a red and he knows that by doing that he's going to miss that game it was so crazy so brainless and uh, you know he deserved the red and at that point you know I thought oh my word you know we, we could be on for another you know like we had a few years ago 5-6-0 um we could be on for one of those types of score lines today um but you know obviously that didn't happen but um at that point it just looked um like you know our day couldn't get much better and uh yeah i th- i think it was um partly why i still felt slightly disappointed in certain respects by the end of the game in that we were playing with that you know one man advantage right from, you know, the 22nd, 23rd minute. And yet, despite that, um, you know, we didn't manage to score another goal. We obviously had plenty of chances after that. Um, but, um, you know, it almost killed the game in a way. And, you know, we thought, okay, we're down to um, a one-man advantage. And I thought, you know, we were really looking strong up until that point. But then after that, it seemed like we slightly took our foot off the pedal a little bit.
2: You know what? And I'm going to stick with you on that because Steve Pizza, um, actually had a question regarding that. And I want to get your, th- both of your thoughts on this. And I'll stick with more on this one. But, um, can't call in Nina, but would love to, would love the panel to discuss why we always seem so bad against 10 men. Can't think the last time we killed the team off. I mean, Mom, I'm going to come to you. I mean, you, you said you were kind of disappointed. Um, Do do you think maybe as well, potentially um, the Reds kind of decide, I I thought they should have scored more. We definitely looked more clinical in the first 20 minutes. Do you think maybe at some point um, during, I don't know, like were they maybe thinking about Real Madrid as well and maybe sort of conserving some of that kind of energy?
4: Yeah, I think that's definitely um, a factor. I think that um, Tuesday night definitely would have been on their mind. Um, you know, they don't want to completely burn themselves out and if, you know, they're two nil ahead, they've got one at one man advantage. Um and especially given some recent performances, and not so recent ones earlier in the season, um, they didn't want to do anything silly. They just wanted to make sure look, um, if if nothing else, we just need to get away with three points here. You know, we've done really well, we've got this two goal lead, they're down to ten men. Let's not do anything stupid um, and let's make sure that, you know, we serve stuff. But at the same time, we did have chances. I mean, we managed to achieve um, checking the stats for official big chances, which um, hardly ever happens against Newcastle United these days. So, um, you know, that was that was still good. And, uh, you know, again, we'll come on to it later on. But, you know, we had couple of glorious chances to end up with a, a far better st- scoreline than we achieved. Um, but, you know, at the same time, um, one of the things that we have to do is give credit to Newcastle as well, because it wasn't all about us taking our foot off the pedal. It was a really good Newcastle United team thinking, right, even though we're a player down, you know, we're a different team now. We want to, show that fighting spirit and they gave it a really good going fairness to them. And, uh, you know, the likes of Alice and Maximan, you know, gave us a lot of trouble. Um, and you know, you got to give some credit you know, to them to keep going and keep going. And I think it was only in the last perhaps 10 minutes or so that they finally, um, showed that kind of, uh, lack of intensity, but up until then, yeah, yeah, they, they, they did well up until that point though.
2: I have to agree with you. I thought he was an absolute bright spot for them. And I thought if the goal was going to come, it's going to come from him and his pace. And like, you know, the way he was kind of like switching up on, on both flanks as well. Um, oh. He's an absolute nuisance of a player. Um, yeah. Um, and I guess from a, a tactical point of view, you know, like, like you said, maybe Liverpool were kind of, you know, thinking about Tuesday and, you know, if, they already have so much in their engine, then they don't really want to over-commit themselves and maybe risk injuries. But you know, from a tactical perspective, I mean, if just to answer Steve's pizza them, or then I'll come back to Elisa. I'm kind of thinking, you know, like if if you're if you're playing against ten men, like for me, like the sensible thing would be um, would be maybe like something like you know, like stretching out the play. And forcing mm. their place to cover more ground, tire them out. You, you, you've got the clinical edge to put those chances away. But I thought, you know, maybe we could have gone down that approach if there wasn't a Real Madrid game to think about. You know, tire your opposition out. Use that man yeah. advantage.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean... um that's the thing that, you know, we could have dominated the ball and given them a really good run around so that as we go into the second half and especially into the last half an hour, you know, they would have really been feeling it. And on top of that, knowing that they've got this big cup final next weekend, you know, the manager would have then thought, okay, right, I don't want to let the players get too burnt out here. Let, let's let take um, some of the more important ones off. And then again, that would have given us a chance to kind of... Uh, you know, really hammer home the advantage. But uh, no, instead, what we saw was, you know, large stretches of Newcastle dominating the ball. And um, certainly in the second half, um, you know, for the you know f- first 20, 25 minutes of that half, um, you know, it almost looked like 11 versus 11 yeah. because, um, you know, they, they really apply themselves and they thought, okay, we might be two nil down. We might be a man down but we're still going to give it a go. You know, we still are proud of the record that we have this season. You know, we've only lost against Liverpool. Uh, We haven't lost at home. We want to maintain this unbeaten streak at home. And, um, you know, they, they really gave it a good go. And, you know, especially on set pieces, you know, they gave us a lot of trouble. It was worrying in, in the respect of how easy it was for them, but also, how far we've regressed in terms of defending set pieces, whereas once we were not so long ago um in- incredibly stronger you know defending set pieces, you know they they were able to fashion big chances off of set pieces almost effortlessly and th- and that was worrying for me, and that you know yes, you know we are seeing signs um now of growing confidence and um you know growing belief within the group, but at the same time there's still. Um, fragility there and especially in set pieces and that's something I think that I'd like to see um, Jürgen, Lindes and co uh, work on with with, with, our, with our players.
2: Absolutely and we'll get to that and um, sorry I've just jumped onto Twitter just for a quick second and um, this is Anfield I've just tweeted that Eddie Howe says Nick Pope's red card was a harsh decision with a lot of crying laughter emojis okay I've heard it all now Lisa I'm going to come to you I mean I want to get your thoughts on um, Steve Pizza's initial question there about us and against 10 men. And do you think the Real Madrid game may be factored into it in this specific instance, if we just isolate this game?
5: Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: So um, in regards to the, to the question about 10 men, I had the exact same thought. I mean, that, that exact same question went through my head is, why you know, why, know, can't we ever seem to turn this into an advantage for us? In fact, some ways, it almost... Seems to work against us a little bit for for another team to go down to ten men, and I can't explain that. I you know I don't have the technical you know knowledge to do so, but but I would agree. It, it you know we we just don't ever seem to really take advantage of that of that you know ten man um, you know opposition when when it happens for us and and, you know i i hadn't thought about the real madrid angle but but that makes sense you know now now that you both have have raised that point i i would agree that that probably is a factor um you know especially with us already being two goals up which you know i mean a two a two goal lead is not necessarily as comfortable as as you can think it would be but but still, um, coupled with the 10-man, the you know, with the one-player advantage, you, you know, you would like to think it, it was. So, yeah, I think probably um, the Champions League game on Tuesday did, did play a little bit into it. But but again, also, you know, in regards to most comments, credit to Newcastle because they did not drop their heads at all. You know, they, they kept up the pace and the momentum and, and, you know, and they kept trying to get something out of that out of the game and you know you, you, they do deserve a lot of credit for that um, I also saw a comment on Twitter where it was a quote from Eddie Howe I suppose technically it's a handball yes he tried to pick it up with his hands it is a handball outside the box so anyway um, <laughs> it's amazing I, I also mentioned to, to um, my husband that I said oh, I, I can't wait to see Eddie Howe's post-match press conference because there's going to be all kinds of whining and apparently I was correct
2: you were, absolutely. And let's keep talking about this game and, you know, the first half because, yeah, um, uh, it, it kind of bothered me that, you know, we, we didn't really, like, I don't know, seize the opportunity, seize, seize the momentum. And um, what did you make of, at um, least I'll come to you, what did you make of uh, the, the defensive setup? I mean, how do you think Joe Gomez and um, Virgil van Dijk did Um I thought Virgil van Dyke, given the fact that he's come back from his injury, had a, a good-ish kind of performance. Not his best. I won't say it was his best, but solid enough, but not the elite levels that we kind of need from him.
3: Agree. Um, but that's been a little bit of Virgil's season, you know, whole this time, yeah. uh, you know, to be fair. So, yeah, I mean, and I think Joe Gomez, I mean, yeah, there were there were a couple times that that he made me you know a bit nervous, but but overall I I think Joe Gomez had a you know a decent performance today. Spectacular, no, but um, you know I I don't recall, but maybe one time where where I was um, definitely questioning a decision, and I can't remember the specifics. I just remember the, the going oh Joe, why'd you do that? So so yeah, I think um, overall. I think it was a you know it was a decent defensive showing from us again not what you know the standards the high high standards that that we used to have and meet but certainly better than what we were seeing say 2 3 weeks ago
2: Very fair, I'd say, Lisa. I'm going to come to more Mo, what did you make of um, the the defensive pairing and just the defensive setup in general? I mean, we're going to talk about Alison Becker in a minute, but what did you make of, um, uh, you know, um, Virgil van Dijk coming back? And when are we going to see the best of Virgil van Dijk?
4: Well, I mean, obviously, he's um, just come back and uh, I think we're going to have to hope that he has a strong well, stronger performance against Real Madrid. I mean, that said, Real Madrid are not in the best of form either. But, um, yeah, I I think, you know, clearly Virgil is at his best the the top centre-back in world football. He is still the measuring stick against which every other centre-back in world football is compared. And, you know, he's still... Got a couple of levels to go at least before he's at or close to close to the you know peak levels that we've seen from him, and you know there have been some suggestions that said you know he's he's not quite the same player he used to be, yeah, i mean he hasn't been at his absolute best this season, but you know you only have to cast your mind back to last season when you know he was as good a center back in world football in my view um I thought he had an outstanding season last season. Yeah, I mean certainly in the early parts of the season he was still kind of um playing his way back into form. But you know, as we went into certainly the second half of the season, you know, he, he was a colossus. He was so, so strong for us. And uh, you know, the fact um obviously he had that injury and missed a few weeks for us was far from ideal. But at the same time, importantly, you know, he is now back as we go into a crucial runner games. You know, we've got Real Madrid coming up twice and obviously United um, in a couple of weeks. And I think we are going to see some improvements from him. Um, But, um, you know, we'll have to see uh, if he can, in the meantime, still perform at acceptable levels. I I still felt today there were times when he he didn't quite look um, as assured as you normally see from him. There are other times and other moments where, you know, he, he was... Um, um, perfectly adequate. Um, and and Joe, I thought he had another good game. I thought his performance against Everton was probably his second best performance of the season after his fantastic um, effort against Man City earlier in the season. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when he is alongside Virgil, that does lift his levels. And so I think for the time being out of Matip and Gomez, I probably would actually prefer Gomez. I think he complements mm. um, Virgil that slightly bit better. Um, and I think especially against um, uh, some of the opposition that we've got coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks, um, I, I, th- I think he might suit us a bit more. And obviously we'll, we'll all be hoping that finally, you know, we'll uh, see Kanate back in, you know, a couple of in the next couple of weeks as well uh because that partnership canate and van dyke when they're together is pretty much the elite center-back pairing in world football for me so you know we've not really seen it all this season and um, so you know if, if they can then get together and see out the remainder of this season for us that will be a huge boost for us
2: it absolutely will um We're going to talk about Alison Becker now because Mo, um, I felt like against Everton, it was really nice to see, um, Ali, Ali just kind of have a bit more of a kind of relaxing kind of game considering he has been the man of the season because of the games and the, you know, the performances that he's sort of churned out. He's probably been the player of our season, but today he produced some crucial saves and it was, you know, with set pieces, you kind of touched on it. I thought we looked really ropey and, you know, just in general, I feel like the concentration ain't quite there. I also feel like we we look quite vulnerable when balls were playing around our back. Um, but the goalkeeper was in. Um, elite form once again and against, I, I guess again that's the difference isn't it between us getting three points and you know us not getting anything because you know yeah it was 2-0 but if the goal you know if Alison isn't Alison Becker that could have easily been you know 3-2 to them 4-2 to them you know um, uh, he was just um, I don't know alert in the crucial moments
4: yeah where would be where would we have been without him this season? I mean certainly not in the place he's we paid. are on the table <laughs> yeah, <zone. laughs> yeah yeah he's 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 been absolutely colossal for us when you know some of his other teammates that have been at world class levels in the last two three years have been showing decline have been showing horrible losses of form you know he's the one the only one that is maintained world-class levels all throughout this season. And, um, you know, he's so, so important to us. And I think, again, he's a player that will play a very important role for us in the remainder of this season. Obviously, there's no chance of um, winning the Premier League. um, But, you know, if if we manage to get past Real Madrid, and I, I, you know, quietly have a lot of confidence, actually, that we can do something, he says. Um, because, you know, as I said earlier, they are not in the best of form right now. And, you know, if they have got some of their top players in not the best of form, and they're coming up against a world-class Alisson, um, I, I think that really improves our chances of getting through to the quarterfinals. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think that, um, you know, if we do manage to get to the top four, um, whatever bonus that we normally pay to Allison, we should triple it because if it weren't for him come the end of the season and we do get top four, um, then we would have been nowhere near. So, um, you know, all of that tens of millions of Champions League money uh, will be purely down to him, in my view, if we do manage to scrape top four come the end of May.
2: You know, Lisa... He's been putting on in those crucial saves, and listening to more than saying he's going to be crucial if we're going to like secure top four finish. I would not be surprised if he scores the winning goal against Nottingham Forest at this moment. You know, reliving the <laughs> West Brom thing. You know, um, it's is- just been incredible and incredible again today. I might add. He, yeah,
3: I mean, I, you know, I can sit here for ten, fifteen minutes and probably wax poetic about Alison Becker on you know on, on many many ways. He. he He's just. I think he's so consistent. You know. I mean, that's that's one of the strengths. And again, there are many. But but you know we you don't worry, or I don't um, really, you know, ever when when he's in goal, he's just you know we've seen him save so many crazy things, and you know, and I think you know what a month or so ago when you know when he accidentally scored, you know, it was an own goal. You know, you're like, for all wonderful saves, and you know, he's been the reason we've, you know, at least are still in a shout for top four. You know he, can, The man can make a mistake. It's fine. You know, it's statistically the number of of, you know, almost perfect games that he has is, is incredible. It's, he's just and I like to most shout that, you know, he deserves a bonus if, if we make top four, because yeah, it it you know as I kind of muttered there when I think you were saying you know where would we be with that and I muttered relegation zone. I mean I'm I'm only half joking because you you would have to wonder and I'm not the type of person to go back and and look at the you know the saves that have meant that we didn't lose a game picked up points but, but I would imagine just off the cuff it would be a lot further down the table if you know if he hadn't pull, pulled pulled off some of the you know game savings. Saves that he has for us this season. So, um, God bless Alison Becker. I told you I was going to say it more than once in the podcast. So, if anyone's been keeping count, let me know what number I'm on.
2: Okay, please call him the holy goalie. Um, uh, zero <laughs> complaints here. Yeah, we absolutely adore him. I'm going to come to you. Second half, it pretty much, again, you know, um, started off how, um, uh, you know, it kind of ended in in the sense that, you know, Newcastle pretty much came out. You know, fancy themselves. Um, uh, around about 58 minutes, something happened for us in, in the sense that, you know, Jurgen Klopp, obviously with one eye on the Champions League as well, and sort of getting some of these players back to fitness as well. You know, we see um, Jota, Firmino, Elliot, and Milner take to the field, and Gakpo Nunes, um, Bad Setic, and Hendo come off. Um, zero complaints here. I love the fact that Jurgen Klopp kind of did that whole bulky sub thing as well. Uh, what did you make of that?
0: These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
4: Yeah, I think that you know he perhaps felt um it was time to give, you know, some minutes um you know, to uh, Bobby and Jota, especially with a big game coming up yeah. um, and then both coming off of, uh, you know, layoffs, um, obviously with uh, Jota, quite a lengthy one at that. So I think, you know, now is a time to give him a good run. Out. I think perhaps had the scoreline been a bit different, they may have come on slightly later in the game. Um, but I think given the context, you know, 2-0 up, Newcastle, a man down, um, felt that you know it was okay to get them on a bit earlier, and um, you know get them a good half an hour or so under their belt ahead of Tuesday, because you know Tuesday um, clearly if uh, you know Aman Nunez doesn't uh, make it, and I'm not sure um, as we've been recording this uh, what his status is, whether there's a serious injury or not, uh, but. If he isn't able to start, then clearly one of those two will have to um, slot in, um, in in terms of the starting lineup. Um, so it was it was good that they managed to get some time. And I thought, in terms of uh, both of them, um, you know, that they, they sh- showed glimpses there. Bobby, especially, um, you know, looked very lively when he first came on, and um, I thought Jota certainly grew into it as as the second half wore on. So you know it was it was delightful to see because you know Jota um has been such a consistent performer for us and it's been really difficult you know obviously he's had a frustrating time you know back end of um you know last season um, into early part of this season came back and then off again um you know it's just been a bit up and down so it'd be nice for him to be able to get a, a pretty decent run now um, without picking up another injury, and you know I think that that 's where you know we can really delight from the fact that we have such a strong attacking lineup you know I think we 've got the best attacking lineup in the premier League you know if you look at what we have now we 've got six really strong uh forwards, albeit obviously Diaz is currently out, but you know he 's not far off now he 's already back in light training, so you know, all been well in the next two three weeks. He'll be back, and you know, I thought he was our most uh, impressive attacker um, in in the first few weeks of this season. So, you know, if we've got him back as well for this closing stretch to take us through till um, the end of May, um, then I'd really fancy our chances of making uh, the, the the top four. But um, yeah, I, I thought that the. You know, the substitutions were fine. I mean, obviously, we've seen in recent weeks, um, you know, some of Jürgen's substitutions have been disastrous, quite frankly. You know, they've been really bad and um, have swung the game against us. But I think um, today it was perfectly fine making those subs. And, um, you know, they both um, uh, of those two early subs uh, perform well.
2: Yeah, and Jota, like, towards the end, and I think you alluded to this as well, more like, towards the end, when it looked like Newcastle pretty much thrown in the towel, you know, Jota could have had a hat-trick there, you know, so it's really important for him to get those minutes, and I'm glad that Jurgen Klopp made the early sub, because nothing frustrated me more when, you know, a player like a Minamino would come on on the 89th minute, like, what do you expect him to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, how does that benefit anyone? So it was great to see them on um, quite early on in the game, and, uh, of yeah. course, um, you know, my thoughts were, again, Real Madrid and you know, Milner came on for all those moments as well. You know, he had, you know, and, and I thought he did quite well as well, you know, given the circumstances, you know, stuck his foot in on the Maxima, <laughs> which is um, uh, absolutely fine by me. And towards the end, you know, um, uh, was refusing to being bypassed and kind of got the ball and shielded it and passed it out um, to our to our left-hand side to get the attack going again. But, you know, those players, um, you know, they came on, Lisa, and I thought they functioned particularly well, given the fact that, they just needed minutes.
3: Yes. And, you know, as, as you both were sitting there talking and, and I was thinking about that, you know, maybe it was an advantage to do that, you know, do all the subs at once like that is opposed to kind of introducing them one or two at a time. Because that way the changes were all made at once and it allowed the players on the field to kind of acclimate to the changes all at once. I, it was just something I never really thought about before. But you know, when you when you bring somebody on at you know, say you know, sixty minutes, and then five minutes later you bring somebody else on, you know, it it probably is can be a little bit disruptive. So, yes, I think yes. that that may I don't know you know just just a thought, just offering it up is that that might have been helpful. But no, um, first of all, I love nothing more than a good James Milner tackle. They make me happy. So, and and he put in. A timed one. I know a good. Oh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Um, um, and, and he had he had a couple th- today. And, yeah, I think he played quite well um, coming on. Which, oh, you know, he has played a lot of minutes here in the last couple of weeks, and it's to his advantage. You know, I mean, when he has come on, he's he's been, you know, he. I think he's he's just you know been a stronger contributor for for the team with you know with less minutes. And it's like, so yeah, he, and John. I mean, he does. He just needs the minutes. I think, you know. I mean, I, I really would have loved him to put one of those chances in, and you know, he, God, he was so close. I probably all, all three of them. So you just have to think along the same lines with you know Gakpo and Nunez that, that it's just it's a matter of time. And again, I saw someone. I don't remember if it was on Twitter or on Discord. You know, kind of. You know, being a bit down on, geez, you know, Jada, how can you miss that? I'm thinking the man has barely played this season, you know. Give him a little leeway here to, you know, to get get back in the groove. And and that's the thing about, you know, Diogo Jada, you never know when he's going to pop up with a goal. So, um, you know, two or three against Real Madrid on Tuesday night that would be great. That's what I'm hoping for.
2: I'm going to expect to jot a Jota quiet, <laughs> mysterious performance and bang two goals in. No, I'll take that. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, um the, I, I, I had zero complaints with regards to the subs as well. And with regards to Nunes and um, Mo, you've kind of touched on that. He might potentially have a little bit of injury. I've just been reading on Twitter now as well because it was news to me. I literally didn't see that. But it looks like it could potentially be a shoulder injury. Hopefully, he's in contention for Real Madrid. If not... Um, and you've you've touched on this. And Jurgen Klopp has to do a bit of um, a, a change-up situation. Who would you go for as your front three then, if Nunes is injured?
4: Yeah, so if he is injured, um, I think that me personally, I'd be inclined to perhaps go with Bobby.
2: Um, I was thinking the same. Press yeah. them, get them tired out, work that defence and then when you sort of, because I'm hoping Bobby becomes a pressing machine against Real Madrid. I really do. I need that. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> Mama um,
2: tends to be stronger off the bench sure. anyway. Yeah, that's a good shout as well. Jota is more, yeah.
4: Yeah. And it would give an opportunity to do what I kind of mentioned earlier, which is for Gakpo to be moved uh, to the left side and for Bobby to then be central Mo mm. on the right. And, you know, that would mean that Gakpo would be in his more natural position, the play, the position that he's more experienced in. And, you know, we'd be able to see a little bit more of what he can do in terms of being a creator. So, um, I'd, I'd be really intrigued to see that. And, uh, I think that, um, you know, that would certainly cause the Real Madrid backline some problems because um, some of Gakpo's movement um, is, is so, so good. And obviously we know all about um, Bobby's movement and, you know, Miss, Mr. Salah's movement's not so bad as well. So I, I think that they, between them, um, would give the Real Madrid backline a lot to think about. And uh, that's why I think... Um, Certainly the midfield selection will be uh, a very interesting one because uh, obviously most of the midfielders are now fit and uh, you know um, what we do to complement that front line in terms of the selection for midfield um, will, will, will be quite an interesting one.
2: I mean, Steve's just coming in and saying, does Bobby and Gatspo not leave us lacking in pace? I don't know. I thought Gadpo kind of displayed some against Everton, you know. He kind of shocked me a few times.
4: Well, if you think back to the first goal, um the Mo goal, um those two are bombing it side by side and if anything, Gagpo is slightly quicker than Mo. Um, you know, so you know, we all had this misconception that Gagpo is slow and you know, he proved it against Everton. You know, he went toe for toe in that foot race with Mo and uh, was slightly ahead of him. So um no, I, I, I think that um he'll be perfectly fine um in in terms of you know, causing that um, Real Madrid backline, some problems. And, you know, like I said earlier, you know, that is a team that, you know, in terms of its confidence, it is fragile. You know, they're well behind in the race for La Liga against Barca. And, you know, they've had a number of losses. um, And even, you know, in the Club World Cup last week, um, you know, conceded three goals to a, Bit of a Mickey Mouse team, so you know if 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 they can concede three goals to um, a Middle Eastern team, then you know we 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 should be disappointed if we can't put two or three away against Rail too.
2: He is hoping, Alisa You kind of um, uh, gave your input there about um, you you prefer Jota off the bench. Um, you find him more clinical. So, w- what would be your front three if Nunes? You know, if Nunes is out injured, which we hope he's not.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with Mo that, yeah, you start bob- Bobby and, and, you know, hope that he can kind of tire things out a bit. And then, yeah, I would bring Jada in off the bench. I think he, he tends to be more of an impact, make more of an impact that way. I mean, you know, I'm sure, again, if someone went back and looked, yes, there's been games where he's done well when he started. But, but it seems to me, especially with him kind of coming back from in- injury, he's likely to make a, a better impact, uh, you know, as a sub off the bench, you know, come in. With his just sort of unpredictable. He'll can pop up and kind of get a goal wherever a scruffy type of goal with you know where he's more fresh and you know the opposition you know is more fatigued. I I just think that would be an advantage.
2: Yeah, um I, I would have to agree with that. And when when Mo actually did say Bobby, I was like, yeah, nodding because I thought that was the play that should have played in the final in my opinion. Um, uh, in, in the Champions League and then bring Diaz off, off from the bench. would um, mm-hmm. uh, just thought so we'd have some tied legs and I, that would be my, my go-to as well and my preference. <sighs> you know what? I'm going to give you a little side note. You know, one thing I really enjoyed in that game as well, the fact that the, the Toon army were absolutely, um, furious with Nunez. Um, that was probably one of my highlights from the game. You know, they were screaming handball when he scored and then I think they were screaming handball when he um, uh, put in a defensive clearance as well. They just did not like him and um, I'm I'm here for that and I'm happy for that. <laughs> Is there anything from the game that you feel like needs nice highlighting that we've not kind of mentioned? But that was one of my takeaways from the game, the fact that Nunes does have the natural capabilities and qualities and I just think if he does, if he's not playing for you, I think he's one of those players that you absolutely hate, much like a Luis Suarez. Anything you want to add to this in terms of from the game? Mo, I'll come to you.
4: Yeah, I mean, we, we can't finish without talking about that unbelievable miss from Robbo. Um, <laughs> well, it wasn't even a miss. Um, bloody hell. You know, he had the goal at his mercy. For me, it was a tap-in. It was one yeah. of the most beautiful moves that we've put together this season. It should have been one of our goals of this season, and yet inexplicably decided to um, try and pass it to Mo. It you know went behind Mo, and nothing came of it. It, it was just bizarre. And you know, it, as much as Robbo can be a great player at times, when he comes into the box, the opposition box, he turns into jelly or jello. Yeah. Um, um, it's just bizarre how. He almost crumbles and just uh, wastes really great opportunities either to score or sometimes to put on a what seems like a simple assist. Um, but up until the 18-yard box, you know, normally he, he plays really well. But, uh, yeah, he, he had a bit of an infuriating game for me today. I thought... Um, you know, I mean, obviously he he, he did some really good stuff um, earlier in the week against the Ev. But yeah, today was one of those kind of games where you can get a bit frustrated with him, where um you know some of the um stuff he does see is it's a bit head scratching. But yeah, had he scored that three nil up, um you know, fifteen minutes to go then um, the St. James's Park would have started to empty out and uh, I would have fancied us to go on and then score maybe a fourth goal, perhaps a Jota tap-in or something. Um, And in fact, Jota had a glorious chance with that header as well, um, which again, normally he would put away, but obviously coming back off of long-term injury, um, still a bit rusty, um, you know, he he put it um, just shy of the goal. But uh, yeah, overall, um, I think we... You know, had we been offered a 2-0 win before the game, we would have absolutely snapped it up. So, you know, despite whatever frustrations we may have had, still a huge result for us. Six points off of um, top four with a game in hand. So, you know, I'm, I'm still delighted about that.
2: Absolutely, and I love the fact that you know we are nitpicking here in terms of like should have put that away, should have put that away, which is just so refreshing because that's how we've always been. That's been our demean- yeah. demeanour as Liverpool supporters, which means that's that you know, least- yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm I'm here for them because what I've been watching <laughs> recently, I never want to see again. <laughs> and I love the fact that more that you call jelly jello just to make Lisa Marie feel really comfortable because when I have her on with her, her fellow Americans, they decide to like. Take over my show and you know try making it as American as possible. See how hospitable we are in in England, but yeah, Lisa, um, I'm going to come to you. Um, any takeaways from 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 the game? And um, yeah,
3: I'm just sorry that one of those James Milner tackles didn't take out Anthony Gordon because I don't like him. Um, nobody likes. It. <laughs> he's, oh, he's, oh. Um, so yeah, I, I'm. I was really hoping Milner. Was- and kick him in the air at some point in time. So, you know, opportunity missed as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, Robertson, I think the day that he actually scores one of those, we will all fall out because he's missed so many over the last couple of seasons that I don't even expect him to make them anymore. It's just, okay, yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, if he shot it, you know, he probably would have shot it over the crossbar. I mean, you know, because that's just what seems to happen. He does seem to have some sort of mental block when it comes to shooting. Once it gets in the box, I don't I don't get it. But whatever. Um, yeah, no, I think it was kind of a boring second half in a way. I mean, maybe, just, yeah, something happened in the in the first part of the first the first half. But, but again, I will take boring and a win any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So overall, I'm okay with it.
2: Absolutely. And watch Robo score an absolute screamer against Real Madrid. I'm before it. He's this podcast, people. Yeah, we're here for it. He will be responding. Guys, um, the last thing uh, before we close off the show and I get some plugs, a man of the match for you guys. Lisa, I'm going to come to you. Who was your man of the match? Alison Becker. Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: I'm not even to debate it.
2: Um,
3: yeah, I mean, although Trent was close to second, okay. But no, uh, it's, it's Alison Becker. fantastic too.
2: Yeah, I thought Trent was absolutely fantastic today as well, certainly from a creative sense as well. You know, um, you need that, and the attackers certainly need that as well. Um, More, I'm going to come to you. Um, Alison Becker is uh, Lisa Marie's man of the match. I'm kind of swaying that way as well, naturally. Um, what about you? Is there anything different you want to add into the mix, or is it a full sweep for our keeper?
4: Yeah, full sweep. Um, pivotal save in the first three, four minutes, um, had we conceded... You know, from the Alice uh, Almiron chance, 1-0 down, we would have thought, oh, no, here we go again. Um, changes,
2: doesn't it? It really does.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was a game-changing save. And then, obviously, two, three minutes later, we score, and then we go on to win. So, once again, um, you know, he, he played a huge, huge part in the result. And without him, you know, we, we would have, in my view, even with Newcastle that man down, potentially drawn or even lost the game. So that, that's how important he was. And uh, I think that, you know, confidence now is so important as we go into the closing stretch, the final three and a bit months of this season. And that man, you know, single-handedly can give everyone else around him that confidence. And uh, so, you know, we're all praying, we're all hoping that he stays fit, stays healthy and stays on top, top form between now and the end of May.
2: Absolutely. I'm also going to give him a little special shout out for getting Nick Pop sent off as well, because it was him that sends um, (laughs) him more on on his track. So (laughs) yeah, a really, um, really, you know, influential game in in all aspects. Alison Becker is our man of the match. Guys, if you give us your thoughts, give us your shouts for man of the match, we'd love to hear from you guys um, on Twitter or any, any social media platform. Um, We've come to the end of this podcast. Um, really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it too. A massive thank you to everyone that joined us live, um, and also for your comments in, in Discord as well. A huge thank you to both Lisa and Mo. Before I let them go, I'm going to get some plugs. Um, Mo, I'll come to you first. Who? Um, uh, where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you'd like to plug? I know you've been quite busy with, um, you know, all this chit chat about finances and football and things.
4: Yeah, you try to be. So um, the main platform to find me on is Twitter, at mochatra is my Twitter handle. And in terms of um, podcasts, so as usual, um, I like to get Money Talks uh, pods out um, fairly regularly. And in fact, I've recorded one just today with uh, Mr. Dave Hendrick. So that should be out um Tomorrow, as we recall this, so Sunday. And then in the next couple of weeks, uh, Liverpool's accounts will be published. So that will be one of my highlights of the year. So uh, I'll be uh, obviously putting out a podcast to cover those as well.
2: Excellent stuff. Do give that podcast a listen. It's highly informative, highly educational. And also give more chatter and follow because those those financial threads that he posts on on twitter they go absolutely viral um he is an absolute must follow great guy awesome human in general please give more chatra a follow and lisa where can people find you and is there anything you'd like to plug
3: you can find me on both twitter and instagram at Marie mh um nothing personal really to plug as we haven't recorded a main ai podcast in a while Wild but I'm sure we will again at some point one day. But I do want to say it's been an absolute privilege being on with Mo Chatra. I, you have educated me so much over the last, you know, years. So with with your podcast and breaking down all that financial stuff, that it, it's just it's it's a service you do, sir. And and thank you so much for it because it's it's
4: a uh, thank joy you to Thank to you. you so much.
3: And um and I feel very privileged to have been on the podcast with you here today. So.
4: Oh, too kind, Thank you.
2: And give, Likewise. Uh, yeah, she's awesome. Give Lisa a follow, please. She is incredible. Um, Although you might actually lick your phone screen because she's always posting pictures of her baking <laughs> and whatnot. Um, uh, So just putting that out there, but give her a follow. She's excellent. She's a great read. And also we can't wait for the main AI podcast to be kicking off again because the chemistry on that podcast is absolutely phenomenal. Give both of these a follow. Check out their content. For my part, I will be back obviously post-match for um, Crystal Palace. Should be doing a Euro incision as well. Um, Myself and Guy Drinkle there chewing the fat of Europe. Hopefully Liverpool win. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Enjoy the rest of your weekends. And guess what? You could watch Match of the Day. So that's awesome, isn't it? Till next time, take care and up the reds.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show.